This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? Well, I mean, I hope you know by now, uh, as this is episode 197. Uh, but it's your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got my very good friend here, Mr. Will, on the other side of the country. Uh, even though technically I know most people are geographically challenged, uh, for those listening outside of the United States, New Hampshire and Milwaukee are not on two opposite sides of the country, but it's just what I've been saying for the past year and a half. It might as well be. It feels like we feel it feels it feels like we're worlds apart. Yeah, I mean the East Coast is it's I mean, yeah, I mean they're different worlds for sure. Because it's it's the East Coast, but then you have like the Northeast is like its own its own thing too. Yeah. So and, uh, you know, as memories have been popping up uh, five years ago, you know, Faith and I were in Peru. That is one of the nice things about the United States. Um, one, well, I'll just leave it at that. But, uh, yeah, it is really, I mean, it's basically just like 48 different countries for each state. I mean, each one's so, so fucking different. And I like variety. I don't right, know. and there's all the other ones that you're thinking about. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, South Dakota's a place. I forgot about South Dakota. South Dakota. It's beautiful. Yeah. I've heard. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, uh, I mean, everyone should see Mount Rushmore, but don't spend much time there. It's pretty fucking stupid. But the Crazy Horse Museum is way, way cooler for monument and museum. Yeah, because the Native Americans are pretty much, I mean, the government's like, oh, we'll, we'll you know, we'll help you with this. Like, no, this not this. They're like, no, fuck you. We're going to do this ourselves. So. And it was one dude doing that for like 10 years. Yeah, and that Crazy House monument, if they ever finish it, it's like Mount Rushmore can fit like in Crazy, crazy Horse's arms. So I don't want to get too quick on here, but yeah, South Dakota, like, Deadwood's a lot of fun. So just don't stay at the Franklin Hotel. The fucking walls are paper fucking thin. I mean, a lot of them are now because it's it's cheaper that way. <laughs> yeah, we had pretty good luck on our trip, but well, now that we're starting, to get, we're starting to get a little bit more fancy pants now and everything in our trips and everything. So, but uh, just to break down the fourth wall, um, Will and I are, are reporting here a little earlier. Um, so I'm trying to think. Yeah, because this isn't going to come out for. For what two weeks podcast time, so 
It's kind of fun to think. Yes. So I hope everyone enjoyed the episode Tom and I recorded two days ago, <laughs> which you would have heard on uh, the 20, 26th, so on the 28th. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed the episode on the 28th, uh, uh, the go-home show to, to glory by the honor. I mean, Ring of Honor does I mean, they don't really do go-home shows, really, do they? No, they... I think later on, they kind of... They made more of a thing be like, this is the go-home show, but when the go-home show would come out, like, after the pay-per-view had already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Because, again, they record all in a block, and just the way it all rolls out is... Is a little off. You know, maybe we should slide into Kevin Kelly's DMs and kind of ask him how how the fuck all that worked. Just trying to keep all shit straight must have been fucking maddening. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it too, but, you know, because there's points in this where... I, I mean, are we spoiling it up front, that, that glory by honor... It's Scooby Doo style pulled off its mask. Say, let's see who's really behind this, and it's really three episodes of Bring of Honor TV. Yeah. So, three or four. Man, if it's, I think it's four. If, if I think it's four, because there was the, the matches up to Bennett and Steen is one. Then everything up to. Paul London, Roger Strong is two. Then there's whatever other matches they had, and then they had the main event as its own episode. I think this is four episodes of TV. No, it was only three. I mean, it was. Three. So after, yeah, it was Champa Sorensen, and we're totally blowing it here, but and then Outlaw Inc. versus General and Rush, and then Strong in London. I totally forgot who um wrestled, so <laughs> You know it's funny, I totally forgot who adrenaline because I uh texted my buddy Andy and uh former guest of the show and my buddy Trent, former guest of the show. Um because they were both there. Yeah, and like, yeah, they were uh my buddy Andy was talking about an awesome adrenaline rush and like wait, who did they wrestle? I'm like, Oh yeah, it was outlawing, so um because I'm thinking if they do four, I think they might. I don't know. This is pretty bad. Uh, I guess we'll cut right to the chase, even before any questions. I mean, if you're if you got your note from the card up, and then it's only three, it's only three, but it's still like they they announced this is your television main event during the show. Yeah. And uh, on commentary, they're like, "Oh, if you want to watch the whole the whole show." You can just get glorified by honor. It's like, or you can just sit there and wait for the next free installment to come out next week. Yeah. So uh, I know obviously <laughs> we asked for our, our questions of dishonor, but uh, high fivers, anybody listening to us right now and everything, uh, how would you feel if you had bought in a pay per view and then they showed the whole pay per view sans the result of the main event over TV over three weeks? It, I mean, I, I wonder what their t- I wonder what their paper buys even were at this point. 
can't imagine your when name. I real when I realized what was going on, I immediately soured on like everything. Even the stuff that was pretty all right, I'm like, you know what? I'm still sour that this is TV for the next three weeks. Instead of giving us a show that can be like we can look back on, be like, you know what? Glory by Honor was a cool show. And now I'm going to look back where it's like, I'm not even going to be able to separate how good the matches out were. I want to just be like, Glory by Honor was a shit show. Because it was just TV tape. They gave us a block of TV tapings for 20 or 30 bucks, whatever their iPay-per-views probably cost back then. And, Will, you got to remember, Glory by Honor is one of their big four. This is like their Royal Rumble. This is supposed to start setting up for Final Battle. Their WrestleMania. That so I mean, we have Bobby Cruz announcing it's your television main event. We got people every couple matches coming out in the World Series of Poker T-shirts. <laughs> it's like it's bad. I, I give it a thumbs down, D plus. And, and it sucks because there was some- it passes, and there there was some cool stuff, but overall, like I'm not gonna be able to look back on this fondly. And there were some really good matches. I mean, I, I, I personally, I think um, a match of the year contender um, on this pay per view. Paul London and Roger Strong. Yeah, that that was the best match by far. Well, I shouldn't say by far, but I, I kind of appreciated what they were going for with a lot of stuff they did in the main event. But at the same time, it was kind of like. You saw it coming from a lot, from like a ways away, and it's like kind of like grown worthy. It's like, oh, they're gonna they're gonna drag this out. And yeah. You're just looking at the timer. It's like, how long are we dragging this out? Like, because we had the two hour time limit. <laughs> Wait, what? Or eighty? Was it two eighty minute? No, two hours. Right? They gave it two hours. Yeah. Wow. Um. So in the the two dark matches. Uh, Mischief defeated Casey Ray of, uh, obviously, of uh, Truth or the House of Truth. But, she's the uh, one that went through the, the, she's the one that went through the table. Yeah. But Will Ferrara wrestled. Ooh, little Will. The Romantic Touch. Also known as. That's right, Titus. Yep. Which I didn't know at the time because. I hadn't seen Rhett Titus, not as a, a romantic touch before, so I just thought it was somebody's goofy gimmick. And then I to find out later, obviously, because he joined the foundation, and they bring up how it's like, how can they say that you're a respected talent when they stuck you under a mask like that? Yeah. Even though he'd come back later and they'd reform All Night Express and all that stuff, but. Yeah. Um, very, very, and by the way, the main event went 73 minutes, exactly, it says. 73 minutes, exactly. So, yeah, cut it off at the end, leave you with a cliffhanger. You got to tune in next week. Again, almost better if you're just watching it on TV, because then you finally have something where it's like, I've got to watch next week. I've got to know what happened. Because I wouldn't say at that point, I'm going to drop money on this pay-per-view. I got to know what happened. I'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to wait till next week because they're going to have to tell me. So, a wrestle zone. 
Colors Get nine. Oh shit! This was oh demon is wrestling or glory banner at eleven. So, um, yeah, so uh, next couple of episodes of Ring of Honor Rebel are going to be interested, so let's keep those uh, questions of dishonor uh, coming. Tom and I are just going to talk about whatever books we read that week, and be like, yeah, you've already heard this. Yeah. So. Or we just... We, or we just cover the first three matches of, of the card, and we're like, all right, guys, we're going to talk about the next matches, next episode, next matches, next, like when we cover the, the the TV title or the world title tournament. Yeah. Nah, I, you know, and I was debating that, too. I'm like, how do we do this? But, you know, we're just we're just going to plow through Glory of My Honor, and then, uh, you know, the next, uh, the next two weeks we'll try and find some content. So <laughs> we'll probably talk. You know, for both comic books for seventy five minutes, and then, well, yeah, whether there's hey, I, I I spent a hundred dollars on single issues today, so <laughs> it was uh, yeah, I think Faith and I got to head over to that uh that comic book shop that we talked about last week. By last week, I mean on Tuesday, the one with the Batman it was was the Spider Man comic. I mean, Spider Man, amazing fantasies, first appearance of Spider Man. Yeah, graded so, at a four point worth eighteen grand minimum. Yeah, so when you and Brittany come visit, we'll take you over there. Intent, intent. It'll happen. So it'll uh, happen, even if it's a, I go to Chicago and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna hop a bus and I'll go see Tom. I would hope so. Or we'd come down to see you guys. I don't know why the fuck. I don't know why the. My buddy Pimento lives in Chicago, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Tell him to go away at AEW on Saturday. I'll be there. Be rocking my Matt Fitchett T-shirt. Your who? My boy Matt Fitchett, the Gunslinger. The Gunslinger, right? Former AAW World Champion. Former champion, huh? I mean, he's a fucking loser. Yeah, he is a <laughs> fucking loser. Yeah, it's funny. I was watching that Impact pay per view, and some asshole with a big, nice, gray goatee was wearing my fucking United Empire t shirt right in the front row. I don't even know who that was. So, hey, it's all about getting plugs. That's why I always make sure I'm in a prominent spot where people can see me, and I always wear a Shining Wizards t shirt. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I will be front row on uh, High Spots TV on Saturday. So. I'll be at the next three shows, so. Yeah, if your buddy ever wants to go, um, well, shit, you know what? Actually, Will, I have a, we have a ticket. I've got an extra ticket for, um, for Saturday. So, I'll, uh, if he wants it. I'll hit him up. I'll hit him up and see if he's got anything going on. Me and my crew. He does really like the freelance stuff. He, he's really enjoyed going to the freelance wrestling. Yeah, I bet. I can understand that. So, yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk a little more about that off air, but... Um, do, you, do you not like freelance? I know you don't like Chicago. I don't like... Well, 
it's it's a little, I mean, Chicago is very territorial. Well, I'm in the Midwest in general, so freelance and, and AAW are kind of rivals. So it's basically Warrior. I gotcha. So, so you, you kind of feel like a scab if you uh if yeah. you cross the line. I would like I would like to cross them off the list, uh, but I will say their show December last year. Do fucking Brian Keith for fuck versus Mike Speedball Mike Bailey, fucking mm-hmm. murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe if the great, mm-hmm. maybe the great opossum, uh, maybe if he comes back down to freelance, I'll go head back down there. So. Yeah. Well, the great opossum. Yeah, hopefully the great opossum's handler, uh, the revolutionary Bill Williams, uh. A future guest on uh, Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, which I guess just dropped its hundredth episode this week. Nice job. Honestly, I thought I was past that already, but but I mean, we are over a hundred episodes of this show too. With it, with the rolls to two hundred. What's that? Rolls to two hundred. Well, I mean. We're closer to 200 than we are zero, but. Um, but speaking of questions of dishonor, Will, um, do you have Rob's pulled up? So. The, we are going to get to your. I don't even want to say. Like the, I, don't want, I don't want to say the newest one because this was buried and we both just saw it today. Yeah. Because this would have that would have been there when we recorded on Tuesday, and we just we both just didn't see it. Yeah, we I might have to start making a. Might have to start. I mean, we got I got to post more on the the account anyway, so maybe we start making a weekly post on like Sunday. Well, we'll or like the, the Thursday after we or the day after we record the last episode, and uh, then get people to send questions in for. For the week, because it's like like we talked. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but like it's not none of them are in the order. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, but I do want to shout out Rob and his uh, co-host, Mr. Dan Griffin, real quick. They are starting a new series. Uh, they are doing the lead up to Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks, uh, main eventing Wembley in 1981. So they are two episodes in. So That's, that sounds like something you made up. That doesn't sound like a real thing. No, it's, it's, uh, let's see here. Let me pull up the episode description. The first episode is great. They dropped a second one today. Um, start their journey through the, every surviving match Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks have on the road to Wembley 81 in a TV audience of, guess how many viewers, Will? 17. Well, you're close, and you have to add six zeros. A TV audience. Six zeros? 17 million? 18 million, actually, yeah. 18 million? I mean, it's Wembley. It's Wembley. Wembley's not small. Wembley is not small. So I, I would assume, obviously, at this time, that British wrestling is on a big, um, big uptick. So... I mean, Big Daddy was a huge guy in the in the British wrestling scene. So, 
Uh, he sounds it, Big Dad. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, Rob, we are going to get to your tournament question here eventually. Um, we're working on some things here, and we'll DM you about some things. But uh, what's the question from the 20th? So, because Rob brings it out from the episode discussion, with the Shark Boy talk, and also kind of topical with uh, the most recent, I know it's not quite the same category, but we just, the Wizards just had Cold Stone, Tim Boston. Give me a well, yeah. Well, yeah, man. Well, yeah. If you have to book a member of the 2013 Ring of Honor roster to have a gimmick where they get concussed and believe they're an Attitude Era star, who has this gimmick and who are they emulating? I mean, there's one. That's at UTT Rob. He's great. I, I just want to put over again that I love that he ties his questions in now to topics from the prior episode. Keeping stuff fresh. Also shows that he listens, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Will. There, there's one humongously glaring one. Is it, is it ACH being Stone Cold Steve Austin like he was in Pro Wrestling Gorilla? I don't remember ACH as, as Stone Cold Steve Austin for us in Gorilla. There was one of their shows they did a bit where I think Tommaso Ciampa was The Rock and ACH was like so many like the vest and everything and they both just did like Rock Austin. Really? Well, I'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to dig, I'll have to rummage through some the internet to, to, to have the, the exact dates, times, and Who's and what's? But yeah, ACH did a did a Stone Cold impression. We know he talks too much. Wow. Well, I mean, you're half right, but it's not ACH. So who who's getting the the rattlesnake treatment? It's gotta be Kevin Steen. I mean, he's already doing Stone Cold stunners to people. He he is doing the stunner now. Kevin Owens is yeah. You know, so I mean, Kevin Steen. I mean, yeah. I mean. I'm trying to think who would be a Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett is Triple H would be fun. I mean, you could have... would it be would it, would it be too on the nose for Silas Young to have like a Val Venus gimmick? <laughs> I I think it would be absolutely perfect. Yeah, Silas Song is bad. Hello, ladies. With that mustache? Fucking forget about it. Um, or Mark Briscoe as Mankind. I'm not, I, like I said, I... Or, or fuck it, have, have Mark Briscoe be the rock. Mark Briscoe is the rock. Because you know, brother, when you have the millions... And millions of cousins at Sandy Fort, Delaware, and chicken. <laughs> and there are millions of Briscoes in in uh, Sandy Fort, Delaware. For the millions and millions of chickens we have back in the farm in old Sandy Fort, Delaware. <laughs> oh, God, that's another five thousand dollar idea right there. It's all Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe 
is just everything. He's a goddamn national treasure. Um, I did like Mark Briscoe as one of the bushwhackers. I thought that was pretty funny. So, um, hmm. For some odd reason, Mike Mondo popped up as gold dust in my head for some reason. Or, uh, oh, how about Caprice Coleman? Caprice Coleman is a uh, Farouk. Why? Well, because he's black? Wow, Tom. Yeah, I mean, it'd just be funny to have him. <laughs> so let, let, let me spin this to you. Uh, it's been levied against Roger Strong. That he's got no charisma. What what gimmick? What if we gave Roger Strong the Farouk gimmick? Are you saying Farouk's got no charisma? Wow! How dare damn! Wow! I beg to differ, Will. No, I'm. We're not giving somebody Roger Strong's gimmick. World poke. World of poker. Superstar. World Series of yeah. No, Roddy's got to be somebody else. I don't know. That'd be fun to see, though. I'm trying to. I feel people. like Rob would. Uh, I feel like Rob would give him X Pac, right? Give Give Roddy Strong a bit old X Pac heat. <laughs> yeah. I I think it would be hilarious just for the sheer. Polar opposites and audacity of it, but ACH is the Undertaker would be off the chain. Is Mark Briscoe is he still hurt? By the way, in uh, real time, because he hasn't been on TV in a while, right? I mean, most Ring of Honor superstars haven't been on Ring of Honor TV in a while. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he, he. I think the thing is, he had like. An injury he actually needs to take care of, and then there was a bunch of like other like kind of like existing injuries that were bothering him. So he's probably just, I mean, especially if they don't really have any plans for him to do anything, take the time recoup. Yeah, he'll get a big return at some point against somebody. He'll put over some new guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, yeah. Well, Rob, hopefully we answered that. Um, you know, I think we've got another five thousand dollar idea here, so we are just fucking. We are domination. We are domination. You really don't think Ron Simmons slash Farouk slash? I love. So I missed all that, right? Because I I started watching wrestling too late. So to me. Farouk slash Ron Simmons was just, he didn't say anything but damn. I don't need to say. Damn. You know, he's not paid by the, you know, it's not paid by the hour, you know. Easiest guy to write scripts for. Yeah. And he got it to work, so. Like, Ron, can, uh, can you be off book by uh, by next Monday? Damn. So, all right, but we also have a question from Brundon, Mr. Answers. God, son. So, 
All right. Um, do it. Do it. Stop. Question of dishonor for tonight. Who, in your opinion, is the biggest draw Ring of Honor ever had on their roster? Not a one-nighter like Muda or Kobayashi. And, Brundon, I think for me, it has to be the Bullet Club, Cody and the Bucks. Ring of Honor had huge crowds at that time and ran big buildings. Probably the best time they had drawing-wise. And Brundon, you are six thousand percent right. Um, the million dollar question with that though is: was were the Bucks the draw or Cody? I think when Cody showed up in Ring of Honor, that was a big deal. Yeah, and I know I know Cody did a lot of things at that time that people did not like. I know at the time there was a lot of people who really did not like. Cody Rhodes being in the Bullet Club and did not like the the literal ring of honor. Yeah. A lot of Cody is ruining the Bullet Club and this, that, and everything else. But the Bullet Club as a whole, so that crossed my mind too. But I consider the Bullet Club to kind of be beyond Ring of Honor. Like that's an international I mean, especially now. I mean, there's Bullet Club on like every brand of professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, you got the OG on in the WWE. You've got ABC and Impact. You've got Bullet Club Gold and AEW. I I would levy. Like for me, I would say a Kevin Steen. Really? Because even before I watched Ring of Honor, I had an awareness of who Kevin Steen was. Okay. And I think that's at this time because you could say like a Danielson or a punk, but they were almost like too soon. Like a lot people's a lot of people's first thoughts aren't of them as a Ring of Honor draw, even though they were at the time. Yeah. But I, I think um I think I'd say a Kevin Steen as far as like getting attention to the product, bringing in having that crossover appeal at a time where they're they're trying to branch out more, right? They're they're trying to get people to go to the website, buy DVDs and whatnot. I mean, but they weren't running the building, I mean they weren't doing the business. I mean Yeah, I mean, even I... But are, are they running those bigger buildings specifically because of the boat, or were they just up to that point? Because, I mean, being 10 years, like, their Ring of Honor is, we're saying, like, 11 years old at this point. I mean, that's still pretty new-ish as far as, like, wrestling companies go. Especially since they didn't do any kind of TV or anything prior to 2012. Yeah, because, I mean, they were, I mean, because yeah, they were running bigger field houses with the, I mean, they were, they were doing five, six thousand, seven thousand people with the Bucks and, and, and Bullet Club, so. 
don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I, th I think, for, I mean, Kevin Steen's, I mean, if, if you're crossing, if you're crossing, you know, lines, I mean, those goddamn, you know, Young Bucks Bull Club t shirts and fucking Butchamajigger, you know, and, uh, what's that story? What, hot topic. What, what's your favorite, uh, custom Bullet Club t shirt? Uh, or design, whatever you want to call it. Well, I don't know that many, so I'm just going to go with the one I've got, and that's Ishimori's Bull Soldier. For me, it's it's Adam Page, the the Hangman one. Ah. Have I told you about how I've got a 18 by 24 poster of that signed by Adam Page? No. So, my friend Joe, Pure Evil Unboxing, does all like the high spots, like whatever have yous, and he's always like, "You should." He was always like, "You should try one. You should try one. You should try one." And I want to say the entry was like thirty or forty bucks, and I couldn't catch the show live because of just the hours that I worked or whatever. So, right. He was kind of keeping tabs on because you pick a number ahead of time and they just kind of go through. It's like, here's the next prize. We're just going to pull a number. This is what, what prize you're going to get. So he said, he's like, I think you're really going to like what you want. I'm like, well, I hope so. Cause I'm, they also have like open chats where like, if people want to swap, like a lot of, like if you, you could go out on there and be like, Hey, I kind of want to swap mine. Is anybody interested in, and swapping, so I'm, I'm kind of like skipping through the show, trying to kind of find like where my number got pulled because it was towards the end. And he pulls out of like the little folder. It's like a picture of some, like it's like not the actual item. It's like a picture of the item. Because if it was like signed promos or whatever, they actually had like the promos there to like show. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. That's really cool. I get the signed poster from Adam Page. And I'm like, you know, that's a big get because AEW was still in infancy at the time. So he was not nearly like the level he's at now. Yeah. And it's and it's that hangman bullet club logo thing. So I'm like, oh that's cool. And then I get the notification like, oh, you know, it's out for, you know, it's been shipped, it's you know, whatever. Then I get the message, oh, it's been delivered. So I come home, and there's this giant tube. Mm. And I look, I'm like, wow, it's an 18 by 24 poster. Wow. <laughs> Signed by Adam Page. That's fucking dope. He's like, you got to enter another one. I'm like, nope. I entered one like you asked more than happy with what I won. I don't need to enter anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's still in the tube because I obviously don't have a place to display it yet, but that's obviously going to get nice frame and all that jazz. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. That's a good get. So, um, you know, Brendan's questions are a good get too. I'm glad that Brendan takes the time. 
has the time to give us a question every week. Yeah. Or in cases like this, multiple questions a week. <laughs> yeah, and we—I mean, we—we we dropped a bomb on him Tuesday. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, Brennan, we're recording in two hours. By the way, sorry about that. And uh, yeah, and I'm just kind of thinking back. So, you know, I wonder if Ring of Honor really kind of got into its stride when like Punk showed up and like Samoa Joe. It seemed like they were running pretty decent venues, and it sounds like they got him some ring name recognition. So. Well, we saw too, like they, uh, in like some of the earlier episodes, like they're they're kind of like having the cross promotion, like the NWA stuff, and they're bringing in like Adam Pierce and having you know, people like Adam Cole wrestle Adam Pierce for like the NWA title stuff like that. Yeah, I mean Samoa Joe's another one though. Like you want to talk about like a cross, like a name that got like bigger than the company that. Yeah, I mean. If you didn't hear about him in Ring of Honor, like if you didn't, even if you didn't watch Impact, you knew there's this big fucker called Samoa Joe. Yeah, even when I, I wasn't even watching the rest of the time, and I knew who Samoa Joe was. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's got. I mean, I think if you look at the numbers, I mean, yeah, the the Bullet Club and you know, Bullet Club is huge. It's yeah. still huge. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, especially. With House of Torture, the best faction of Bullet Club. Well, that's just wrong. They added, they added Nobu. So, no, fuck the House of Torture. So, but yeah, um, but like Will said, yeah, Brendan, thank you. Obviously, my friend, I uh, appreciate obviously all the questions, dishonor, and all the additional content and information and everything. So. Make sure you are uh, smashing that link in the notes here. Uh, if you are not following the Irish Misfit on, uh, on the Twitter machine, I don't know fuck what uh, is up with you, but uh, I think it's probably time to uh, take a quick break here to plug our friends before we uh, pull Mark Henry here in the main event. But uh, make sure you're following all the great shows here on Visionaries Global Media. Uh, like I said, you know, view from the top of the goalpost, Chad and Diesel are back with their weekly NFL reviews. And make sure you do watch those on YouTube. They are well, well worth it. Uh, the Phoenix Splash podcast just dropped an episode. Uh, but by the time you hear this, it'll be a week old. So make sure you check out Brett and JCB for all your uh, New Japan, not, or actually all your Japanese wrestling knowledge in general. Uh, good Cop, Bad Cop just celebrated episode 250. Uh, Chris Talks Games is back. Uh, what else am I forgetting? Obviously, Banned from Ringside. Uh, the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup just got its 100th episode dropped. So... Um, yeah, make sure you're showing all the great shows on Visionaries Global Media and enjoy this commercial Brock uh, for the Shining Wizards. We'll talk to everybody on the other side. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. 
Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at The Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right. Well, um, I hope you make sure you check out all the great shows here also on the Shining Wizards Network. Um, and I did forget to mention real quick, I do want to shout out a good friend of the show, Mr. Travis Tubasing at the Wrestle Special. Um, after 500 or 500 years, um, five and a half years, uh, Travis's Wrestle Special 
is coming to an end. Uh, so he will be going on to new adventures and everything. But uh, just wanted to thank Travis. Take this time to thank Travis real quick uh, for all the entertainment and everything. And uh, you know, not only being one of my favorite podcasters, but definitely one of my favorite human beings. So uh, good job, Travis. And we'll see you uh, in your next project. Uh, but Will, we've got a pay per view slash three TV taping slash I pay per view slash fuckery. Before before we get into that. Oh. As this episode drops, and if you're on the stick and you're listening to it the day it comes out, you have about 24 hours to get your entry in to the giveaway that the Shining Wizards are doing on their Twitter account. Oh, that's right, yeah. So that ends November 4th? It ends the 5th at midnight, I believe. Oh, so this comes out the I believe this episode comes out the fourth. Yep. So if people are listening listen to this when it comes out on that Saturday. And eleven five at midnight Eastern Standard Time. Yeah. So you'll have you'll have till the end of that Saturday. So if you're listening to this the day it comes out, make sure you get an entry in. If you're listening after that, see, you missed out. You should have listened to us live. Yeah. Or yes. not live, because we don't do a live show yet. Not yet. Yeah, so uh, it's easy. Number one, subscribe to the At Shining Wizards podcast YouTube, um, at Shining Wizards, and Miss Kate Fabe at YouTube, uh, at Miss Kate Fabe. Uh, two screen, ca- screen cap. That you subscribe to both and share with us. Three, take the Wizards and Miss Kate Fabe. Use the hashtag Kate and the Wizards. Ends like Will said at 11.55 at midnight EST. So Sunday morning. So I will put the link to this tweet uh, on uh, the episode notes. So yeah, like Will says, uh, it's your reward if you're listening as it drops on Saturday. And if I only knew how to fucking copy here. Control C. Really? So yeah, we're we're gonna get into it. Glory Bay Honor slash Ring of Honor TV for the uh the month of November. Original air date October twenty sixth, two thousand thirteen. Damn, uh, Tom, today's October 26th. Whoa. God damn. So this is literally 10 years ago today. Whoa. Hey. Good thing we recorded two episodes this week. We were able to hit that. Yeah. Kind of funny how that works. We didn't even do it on purpose this time. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, if they would switch their, you know, their day, their TV draft, but that's not our story in itself. So, uh, but yeah, from the Chicago Fieldhouse in uh, Chicago Ridge, Illinois, a building I have not been yet to yet. Um, good but, old, good old uh, Chicago Ridge. Yeah, the Chicago crowd. Let's say shout out to, um, actually, ironically enough, um, his birthday today, uh, Mr. Trent Sabury, uh, one of the main. Producers over at AAW, but former former uh, guest on this very podcast, and my good friend. I would say that that's confident, Trent. Yeah, 
but certain Trent. Yeah, not 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 question mark Trent. He's uh, not, not questioning it at all. Not Trent. Trent. Yeah, but he was in the building, and uh, shout out to my good friend uh, Andy, also Andy Fritchie, a former guest. Um, all of the chopping up, and hopefully soon with uh, Ring of Honor Revelry. Uh, he was also in the building uh, for this very show. I couldn't find them, but you know, that's a Chicago crowd. But Will, we got a curtain jerker here. Um, oh, we man. do. And uh, before we get to that match, you just showed a couple clips, you know, of uh, the these two have been getting a little chippy with each other, Mr. Mark Briscoe and Mr. Silas Young. Uh, even some stuff we didn't see on air where Silas Young jumped Mark uh, during a backstage segment. And, uh, Will, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but, you know, I'm kind of a dork. You but... probably would have seen that on ROHwrestling.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, – but did you by any chance notice the jersey that Silas Young was wearing? I did not. Wearing a Ryan Braun Brewers jersey. Oh, the Brewers, huh? And the gene in uh, do you know the the Ryan Braun story? Do not. Oh, so Ryan Braun won the MVP in 2011, and then got busted for steroids in 2012. As you do. Um, but he tried framing the FedEx driver, saying they fucked up the chain of custody of said piss test, uh, and that's right before this. So he. Uh, you know, style is keeping in hometown, but also doing a little bit of heel work. In 2013, Ryan Braun was a very, very unpopular person. So, um, I feel like I feel like somebody using steroids would not bother Silas Young. No, I mean, you know, and that was a that was a big to deal list. Yeah, he was the he was the reigning MVP at the time and everything. So, um. I even got on my notes here, and we discussed this at length and before, but it says, um, of course, Bennett and Steen is your TV main event. So we'll see at least two matches on TV again. And boy, was I wrong there. But um, wait, um, Nigel can't be on TV, but Carino can be next week. I don't know what that means, but um, but obviously a pretty solid, another solid match from these two. Obviously, their styles match very well. Um, a great showcase, but in the end, obviously, Silas gets his feet on the ropes after a roll-up, and then uh, <laughs> Silas starts beating the piss out of Mark after the match, uh, even taking Todd Sinclair's belt off and whipping him with it. Will, have you ever seen a wrestler de-robe a referee? Rip somebody else's belt off to whip somebody else? No. Yeah. I've seen them take somebody's own belt off them to be, be, to whip them. I've seen the wrestler take off their own belt to whip somebody, but I've never seen somebody take somebody else's belt to whip somebody else. Yeah. Um, I know I kind of glossed over the match a little bit. It was a really good match, uh, a little bit shorter than I would like. Uh, these two are a lot of fun in the ring. You know, and this is kind of a definitely an interesting rivalry to put in. But you got any comments on this match here real quick? Nope. It was good. It was fun. As You know, not that. Uh, the character work from both of them is always great. And uh, yeah, definitely worth watching. So, like like Tom said, you know, it's, uh, 
this this that was kind of a hodgepodge, right? Because this wasn't billed as Glory by Honor. This was just shown as TV. Yeah. Um, and after doing some research, you're trying to figure out what the attendance and their their TV buys were, or their pay per view buys were and everything. But it appears that uh, Mischief uh, came back and uh, defeated Casey Ray, who will factor in later in, in this. Uh, we'll just call pay per view for now. Um, but uh, Will Ferreira lost a match against uh, the Romantic Touch. Will and uh, what is the Romantic Touch also known as? The Romantic Touch is one Rhett Titus in a mask. Yeah, so I th- were they doing that because he was part of Scum and they're trying to bring him back? So, be, you know, I, I always like to see Rhett Titus on my screen, so it would have been nice to see him here, but see what, see what they're going to do with him later. So, uh, But our next match here on Glory by Honor is uh, Adam Page uh, versus Jimmy Jacobs. And uh, this is Jimmy Jacobs, you know, trial series, so he's got to win three of his next matches. Um, but now, Will, it turns out, I guess, Ring of Honor is being sponsored by the World Series of Poker? Apparently so, because you're, you're going to hear about it times. at least three times. Yeah, and this is right after, you know, and it's it's kind of funny because it's a callback. Uh, shout out to Shining Wizards Kevin. when We had him on Ring of Honor, I was to the poker talk. Uh, but yeah, this is right after that online scandal. So... Um, it's interesting to see that they're, they're getting, yeah, and then Kevin Kelly plugs them, but, uh, you know, we get Veda Scott on the call here, you know, she's obviously still lobbying for Carino and everything. Um, my good friends, Mr. Jack and, and his wife, Tick, were in the front row rocking some very for reflective old t-shirts like they always do. Um, but yeah, Adam Page actually doing some wrestling moves in this match. Um. But in the end, after fighting with honor, uh, Jimmy Jacobs hits a nice sl- uh, slice spread off the second rope. And uh, here's his uh, second out of three, or second win in three matches in this uh, series to his title, to either get his job back or a title shot or both. We're not so sure. And they, they put over on commentary. I mean, other than like the, the building things with Steve Carino and Veda Scott and one up, but how Adam Page and Jimmy Jacobs are both kind of on like the same track, just kind of opposite ends. Where Jimmy Jacobs is trying to like establish a new chapter in his career, whereas Adam Page is, I think I just said Adam Page twice. Jimmy yeah. Jacobs is establishing a new chapter in his career, right? To build himself back up, whereas Adam Page is trying to ride the momentum of getting a contract, getting some wins, having some good matches. You know, and again, they're pairing them off with a veteran competitor. I mean, they'll be paired up a lot going forward. If you know, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a decent match. You know, I mean, Adam Page is starting to look a little bit better each time, so... Obviously, this is more about the Jimmy Jacobs story here, but before that, uh, we get a little promo from all the champs talking shit about all the All-Stars, and uh, Will, am I mistaken, do we even know who's on the All-Star team at this point? Yes. Okay, I just missed it? Yes. Okay. Um, but we get our, our TV main event also, 
uh, known as the third match of this pay-per-view. Um, we get a quick promo of the pile driver history between Kevin Steen and Michael Bennett. Um, and uh, Kevin Steen's rocking a new Mr. Wrestling t-shirt. I really like this new one, so um, say what you will, man. Steen's t-shirt game has always been on point. Motherfuckers got a whole shit ton of t-shirts. I really wish that years and years ago I got a Kevin Steen shirt that I could have ordered off ROHWrestling.com. Yeah, I, I still want that that Kevin Steen guilty one. Um, so high fivers, I'm, I'm putting the word out. Um, I like there was a there was a cannonball design that I liked. I don't know if I ever saw that one. I I'm, like, I'm not off topic, but uh, Suplex, like the clothing company, yeah, put out their new line, and there's one for a fisherman suplex, and I kind of really dig it. Oh, really? But am I going to spend over thirty dollars for a T-shirt? Probably not. Yeah. Matt Riddle's still part of that company? Um. Or do you have to give I, that up? I don't know. Because when I looked through the stuff they had posted today, I mean, there was only one design that was, or no, two designs for that were for, like, actively competing wrestlers. And all the rest of it was just, like, the suplex brand. Whatever have you. So I don't know if they're doing like tournaments and stuff still or if it's just the clothing. Yeah, because I know um, you know, obviously Jeff Cobb's part of that and everything, so. Jeff Cobb, you know, a lot of Ring of Honor guys were. Zack Sabre. Yeah, I was going to say ZSJ. Um, all right, we're, oh, um, yeah, it's less than, uh, I, yeah, that was about t-shirts. Take, taking the soft rails on t-shirts. <laughs> it's price, I mean, you know. But uh, speaking of my friend Andy, he did, he, um, he did have a Steam Wolf t-shirt that he gave me. So. Oh! That's funny because uh, he's got this, I don't want to say phobia. Um, this is really well known, but he just doesn't like t-shirts with, like, other people's faces on them. I so, get that. Yeah, after he said that, I'm like, oh. I, mean, I still love the t-shirt and I'll wear it, but yeah, I'm like, oh, that actually makes sense. Um, I don't think, I was going to say, I don't think I have a shirt with anybody's face on it, but actually, one of my favorite wrestling t-shirts does, because I have the the Warhorse t-shirt from when he ripped his jaw open on the turnbuckle. Ooh, yeah. This was, bef- this was pre, I think, Warhorse gimmick. Oh, really? So they, they put like a black bar like over the eyes. And he's like you see like the blood running out of his mouth, and it says "War Horse" and like typewriter font underneath. It's one of my favorite shirts to wear. It gets a lot of attention. Yeah, that's a dope T-shirt from St. Louis. What if it's the band T-shirt because it does have that? That's kind of that vibe to it. Yeah. Um, but obviously the you know this is the battle of uh you know Michael Ben or yeah Michael Bennett's uh. Very new, illustrious, uh, you know, all of a sudden his pile driver is the most lethal thing next to the Florida Key and Ring of Honor. Obviously the package pile driver, but I mean, it wasn't that long ago since this podcast. I mean, pile drivers weren't even legal, you know, a year and a half ago, you know, in Ring of Honor. But obviously these two start taking, uh, you know, start beating the piss out of each other. 
Uh, Bennett's nuts do take a, you know, take a beating on all four ring posts. So um, that, that was kind of cute when he's pointing out, like, oh, there's one more. There's one more. Yeah. Kevin Steve's just fucking great. I don't know what to tell you, but. And then have Maria just flat say, like, I don't think he can have babies, which I mean, they'll go on to have two. So. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, Maria's on the call here and kind of bouncing between there and, and being the valet. But, um, you know, great action, fun moves. I do like, uh, we, I don't know if you saw us or not, but Kevin Steen goes for the for the F-Sank. And he's like, oh, psych, and goes for the go to sleep and just flips off Maria. He uh, he did the go to sleep. He also he also shouted out F-5 when, uh, and they're like, oh, he's doing the F-Sank. He's like, F-5! I, I I didn't hear that. That's awesome. But Maria gets all there's also the, the bit where uh, Kevin Kelly was talking about how Maria was very rude to uh, a local dining establishment, and it's somebody that he knows. So that Maria was terrible. Yeah, that will. Yeah. Um, I I thought for sure during the course of this match that we were going to get Kevin Steen pile driving Maria Canellas. I really. I really thought we were going to get it. Yeah, crowd would pop for that. But we didn't. He, uh, Kevin Steen eats a pile driver, but uh, doesn't get a three count. No, he didn't. You know, they didn't, quote, unquote, get all of it. Um, did I mention that Maria threw her boot at Steen when he flipped her off? I thought that was great, but. Uh, yes, because be, it, it looked like it was going to be a three count, and she threw a boot in the ring. What a trendsetter, you know, before the chin up tits out, watch out for the shoe. <laughs> yeah. Trendsetter. Uh, I think there was also a bit in, what the fuck was it? One of the Austin Powers movies where it's like, who throws a shoe, honestly? <laughs> um, but yeah, but Will says he did, he did uh, Benedict get the pile driver, but, you know, Steve kicks out. Uh, but in the end, obviously. Um, Chicanery. Yeah, surprise, surprise. But Marie distracts Steen. Uh, Steen's going after her, and Bennett doing the smart thing, you know, getting some revenge, you know, kicking the ropes on the nuts, Ste- or a nuts, Steen's. Steen's nuts. Um, <laughs> Steen's nuts. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. And then he, he does the pile driver, but again, they talk about him not really catching it the first time. He didn't really pile drive him the second time either. Yeah. He kind of just fell backwards with him, which I mean, Again, like if you're worried about not having a good grip on somebody, yeah, probably best not to to dabble with such things. So, but a second pile driver is too much, and Kevin Steen loses to takes my... the L. Yeah, um, but if for some odd reason here, I haven't listed as bust match, but post match, uh, Bennett's going for that deadly apron pile driver. Uh, but quote unquote, Lisa Marie Verano comes out, jumps Maria. Um, all hell breaks. Yep. Um, including a and uh, Lisa Marie was laying those punches into Maria. I was like, wow, shit just got real. Um, include and then uh, all hell breaks loose. But Steen does do an awesome dive out of the outside and knocking all Bennett and the security. Uh, but in the in the end, uh, Steen and Lisa Maria hug. Um, and we even got an El, El Generico mask, which uh. For some odd reason, got me a little teary. There, there was a, a fan in the front row with the with the mask, um, and also Lisa Marie. For those of you who don't know, um, 
wrestling at Impact. Uh, I don't remember what her name was in Impact, but she wrestled in WWE as Victoria. Yeah. Yep. So she she did drop Maria Canella. She Maria didn't eat a pile driver, but she did take a widow's peak. Yeah. Because the boys, they, they were so worried about separating the boys. They, they weren't really concerned about. Yeah. Maria. Um, yeah, and I had no idea. I thought, I thought for sure Kevin Steen was going to package pile driver, like, middle of the ring. But yeah, it was I'm, not meant to be. So was it, did Maria get into it with her at her restaurant or at a restaurant? That's why I, I missed if they said that that was her because I think they were saying it was supposed to be her restaurant because he he said that Lisa Marie had said that she was pulling for Steen in this match even before that happened. Right. Always always happy to see Victoria get a shout out. Very underrated. Yeah, I mean she's uh and she's from that neck of the woods, so um so Bennett and Maria leave. Kevin Steen and Lisa Marie get the the ovation. They stand tall at the end, and they both walk away. Yeah. So that was uh, our our main event for, um, well, TV. This so. is episode of TV. So thanks for tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that is uh, Ring of Honor TV episode one ten. Uh, also, glory by honor. And uh, and watching and I did watch TV this week, and there was really nothing else on the episode, you know, to even to note. So uh, we are not. Right, still- what was it? I said there. That's right. That's it. The Bobby Cruz said this is your television main event, and then they throw up the graphic. Now we're going to get into glory by honor and earnest. Yeah, I. But we do get a new announcer for this next match, though. Steve Carino is back. Uh, I guess all of his bantering is going back and forth. On the booth, he's happy to be there. You know, and it's uh, Tomasa Ciampa versus Jesse Sorensen, and they do kind of make a, a big deal about Mister Sorensen. Um, I guess he was actually a pretty uh, hot shot in Impact for a little while. Uh, until he broke his neck in a match in an Ultimate X match. And I guess he's really best known for being fucked over by Dixie Carter because uh, I guess she promised him he'll always have a career, but here he is in Ring of Honor. I think this is his only Ring of Honor match. Um, yeah, because I think he retired in 2014, but, I mean, he looks like a million bucks. I mean, he's he's got the look. Um, You know, but... uh. Oh, I guess he made an appearance for NXT. So, um, but yeah, and basically, you know, Ciampa does Ciampa things. Um, oh, and they did mention that Ciampa not going for the neck, and they did mention Sorensen not going for Ciampa's knee. Uh, but obviously, in the end, you know, uh, Ciampa goes to the Sicilian stretch and gets the win. And uh, it looks like it's Sorensen's first and last appearance. Um, obviously, yeah, this is, I would say it's a squash match, but. Um, Champa's just really on a roll here at this point. So, anything else you really got to add to that, Will? For our first, uh, for our first match on Ring of Honor TV episode one eleven, I assume. 
anything. I feel, you know, I felt like I had something. And then you asked me if I had anything to add. <laughs> and now I'm sitting here. It's like my internet just kind of stalling. I'm like, what? I was just going to say something. What the hell was I going to say? No, it's like I looked it up. I, 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 because I, I'm like, I got to look up this guy, right? Because they, they're kind of posing it like this is somebody like I should know. And I didn't know who it was. <laughs> but I said, it's a shame. And they talked about like how Ciampa, you know, coming back from his knee injury. And. Um, so did you, uh, you can't figure out what you're going to say about Jesse Sorensen, huh? Yeah, I didn't. There was something that jumped on me. Like I was going to chime in that I felt like maybe it's some kind of value, but no, I was like, I saw him. They made him look like an, some important guy. I looked it up. It's like, also, oh, he really didn't do a whole, he had promise. He, he, he had the, the fixings to be uh, a big star, but the broken neck thing kind of. Yeah. The damper on that, yeah, that, that that'll do it. So, um, yeah, and like I said, it, it's good to see Chop again. Some some ring time looking pretty good. But uh, our next match, uh, will obviously as uh, Ring of Honor is now pushing tag team supposedly, uh, Outlaw Inc. Uh, their quick promo and showing them, but it's a match of Outlaw Inc. Obviously at a Kingston and Homicide for anyone that's been watching along versus our boys ACH and Tadarius Thomas, um. And now Steve, I don't want. I don't. I don't even want to talk about this. Oh. I don't want. Okay. I don't. I don't like this Outlaw Inc. business. I certainly didn't like the promo they cut after the match because they're, they're there. They're there, Tom. <laughs> they're at the show. It's glory by honor. What a fuck. But so, give us the. You, let's run down the match, and we'll we'll get to the promo after because there. There was a couple things that stood out to me about the promo at the end. Okay. Besides the fact that it's like ignoring that they're all there. What are the... Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I'm trying I'm trying to come back from vacation, you know, be super positive. We've had some good episodes, but all right, back to positive Tom. But real quick, uh, Steve Carino is now a fan of Eddie Kingston. Um and this match went as uh, basically as you think it would, uh, in the best place, you know, the best possible way. Obviously, the rough and tumble of King, uh, Kingston homicide and the high flying of uh, you know, Tadarius and ACH. Um, of course, Carino being Carino, making lots of prison jokes. Uh, you know, I, I, I did have to chuckle. Obviously, Carino says that uh, ACH reminds Carino of when he was that age. Um, obviously, we had to chuckle there. Um, Eddie Kingston doing some wrestling wrestling. Uh busted a really sweet clover leaf on ACH. Um and then uh at one point, listen, Eddie's got uh Tadarius in a in a uh submission and ACH flies like two thirds of the way um across the ring for a cross party to break up the pin. Um but in the end, uh Tadarius gets caught on Keaton's shoulders and uh homicide comes off of the sweet top rope with a bulldog for the win. Uh, and we get a legitimate code of honor. Uh, as you know, and Eddie Kingston talks about ACH and Tadarius Thomas uh, being the future of Ring of Honor. Uh, but will will you continue what the promo went for from there? So, so first of all, I didn't realize Snowflake was was still a th- the 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 timeline. Just we've talked about this before. 
the the timeline of like what like 2013 like what was going on in 2013 and like putting that like mentally like where it belongs like in so it's like they're doing like the snowflake thing I'm like 2013 we were doing the snowflake thing really I was like oh yeah probably <laughs> yeah, that was only 10 years ago but uh he said that Eddie Kingston says the dragons are are dodging us yeah Another show, the dragons ain't here, and I'm, I stopped and I said, "But they are there. They're wrestling in the main event." Oh, said show. They're in the back. <laughs> but glory by honor is just a set of TV tapings. Because I'm like, oh, they're going all in on this is just TV tapings that they're going to throw out there under the the glory by honor moniker. So. Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are, are ducking them. They're dodging them. They don't want anything to do with them. They're a bunch of snowflakes. Kevin Kelly's a snowflake. Yeah. And he he he's gonna say it, you know, but they're they're pussies. Yeah. Um I did have to crack up that uh it's funny, I didn't even put the two and two together that, you know, um Obviously, they're calling out Red Dragon. Uh, but I, I did crack up when Kingston said, you know, homicide is too ghetto to get on the ring and everything. They're worried about him swearing on TV and just like, uh. but real quick, we do go uh, relive uh, Adam Cole and Jay's, you know, interactions for the past couple weeks. Uh, if you want to hear more details about said promos, uh, check out previous episodes here of Ring of Honor Reverie. Um, but Jay's been suspended from the building wheel. Protect everyone else. Right, because he's a liability because he's not supposed to be in the ring yet. Yeah. Um. So for his safety and the safety of everybody else, because he is a man on a mission. Yeah. So next, uh, now if we put this match in a vacuum, um, I definitely consider this a match of the year contender, and this definitely delivered. Uh, Roderick Strong versus Paul London. Uh, That's Paul- right, your second television main event. Yeah, um, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna stay positive here, Will, and just you know enjoy the match. Um, oh, about this match, absolutely. Uh, Paul London's had a really nice run here. It's good to see. Um, also, thought it was funny that um they brought up on commentary that he planned on opening a wrestling school around San Antonio. And we talked about the other day how he just opened a new school in California. Yeah, so hopefully it didn't take him 10 years to do it, but if it did, congratulations on him. So, um, But Roderick Strong is also wearing a World Series of Poker t-shirt like Will talked about earlier. That's um, right, because this is a new week. we got to have we got to get that ad in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is good. It was stiff as shit. Um, you know, I do love how Roddy just kind of launched Paul London at one point. Like into the ring post, like under the ring. That's always an effective match. Um, body first. Um, Paul London hits a flip, um, lands straight, of course, where there's no padding. I'm like, how the fuck hard is it to have padding on the entire outside of the ring, Will? Um, but at one point, Roderick Strong hits his. Uh, was there actually padding missing, or was it somebody did somebody pull it up? I don't I think it was missing because it was I there. That was pulled, I thought it was pulled I thought it was pulled up during the Silas Young Mark Briscoe match. 
that could be. But even to that point, why wouldn't you fix it? Why wouldn't somebody go out and like move the padding back? Yeah, that was five matches ago. You know, it was a whole TV episode ago. I Wilson or Will. Um, it was. You know, I didn't take a lot of notes on this match, but uh, I don't know if you remember this, Will, but Roddy hit this like a wheelbarrow apron bump thingy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, wow. Um, but uh, and then or after that, he throws Paul London into the ring. Uh, with a Gus Buster and, and a sick kick. And I thought that was it. But no, Paul London being Paul London kicks out. Uh, and I love when uh, Paul London skinned the cat on Roddy and put him into a tombstone, like in the same move. That was pretty sweet. Um, on the floor. And then uh, he hits a shooting. And then uh, Paul London hits a shooting star press for the win. Um, with his Roddy is... The push they've been getting him, I was really shocked they gave Paul London the win here. That, that was a surprise. I mean, this match was, though, really good. Yeah, I didn't really do it justice my comment. Well, it was, it was, ex- it was exciting because especially after the sick kick, I'm like, that's got to be it. Yeah. And Adam kick out of that too. It's like, I'm like, this match is going for a while. They're giving him time. Yeah, it was only 15 minutes. I wish it, it felt was. like so much longer than that. It it felt like yeah. Yeah, like if you if you would have bet if you would have bet me, I would have said at least 20. But the only reason I know it's 15 is when I was looking back at the free throws. It's how they're utilizing their time, right? I mean, they got all their shit in. Yeah. And it was quick and it was hard hitting. I mean, these two, you know, there wasn't, you know, a really second in the break and uh you know, and, but of course they cut it short, so we don't know if they got a code of honor in or not. But I'm assuming so. Uh, but yeah, great match. But now I'm kind of looking back. It's like, no, oh, this is actually technically a TV match. So it would have been cool to see if they had to give them another five, seven minutes for a pay per view. But I digress. Will, um, yeah. So you really enjoyed this match too, in a vacuum, obviously. Yeah. I would, I would say of all the matches to watch on this nearly three-hour show, this is the match to watch. Yeah, 100%. Because, again, like if you're like me, and you only know Paul London from being on SmackDown with Brian Kendrick, it's it's crazy to see like him doing like all this other stuff. Yeah, I wonder... Actually, it's funny you brought up Freelance. I guess he was a free... Was it freelance? I think he was a freelance recently. Um, so what was – did he just – because I was, obviously it's a 10-year break from Ring of Honor, but was he wrestling other places? I'm kind of curious. Because him and London got let go in like 05 or something like that from – or were they there longer? I admittedly don't know. Well, let's look up Wikipedia. Early life, early career, Ring of Honor, 14. Oh, he teamed with Billy Kidman, too. Ah, yeah. Oh, so he's a cruiserweight. So, okay, so him and Kendrick were a team from 05 and 08. 
Yeah, independent circuit in 09. Yes, you Dragon Gate USA. PWG, go figure. Yeah, I think he took like a two year hiatus or three year hiatus from like 2010 to 13. Well, and he opened the wrestling school. Yeah. The Rabbit Tribe. Even went to TNA for a little while, so. Oh, and he just returned in 2022. He played Elvis Presley in the movie Tiger Man. He's in the movie Fusion. Yeah, got a couple games. So. He's half Mexican, so all right. Fucking titles up the fucking yin yang, so. PWT, PWG Tag Team Champion with El Generico. That's awesome. All right, well, um, so yeah, sorry I went there on a little sidetrack here, but yeah, it's it's good to see. I, I mean, I was familiar with Paul London. I always heard the name, but yeah, I'm with you, Will. It's like it was good to see this nice little showcase, and looks like we get him for at least another couple months, so. But Will, it is time for the third main event of this pay-per-view. Um, it is a two-hour... Oh, Jay Lethal is also, well, like you mentioned, so now now that makes sense. I didn't even think of that. So, yeah, because they're cutting this up. So they had to have three different people wear that World Series poker shirt. Uh, but it's Lethal, Elgin, and CNC Wrestle Factory, all number one contenders for the various belts, uh, versus Adam Cole, Matt Taven, and Red Dragon. And it's a two-hour time limits um and then you know what else i noticed for the first time they pointed this out in commentary which is also how i noticed it because i wouldn't have noticed it otherwise is that elgin and lethal do have matching tag team gear yeah i did actually notice that i didn't put it in my notes but I, I, I had not noticed that previously until pointed out on commentary by steve carino which we haven't really touched on carino's commentary um, we'll probably just do kind of like an overview of that when we're when we're done. He's very excited to see Adam Cole, though. Speaking of, so that's actually I mean, oh, very excited to see Adam Cole. Yeah, but he's been a company man the whole time. I don't. He doesn't know why everybody's got beef with him. Yeah, um, I did have to chuckle that at one point Kevin Kelly said that uh, Adam Cole had alligator arms. I thought that was pretty funny. But it turns out Steve Carino sends Ryan Sandberg a birthday card every year um, since my age. I was going to ask if you remembered the name of the guy they were talking about. Well, I do, Will. In the, well, I mean, I know he's played for the Chicago Cubs, but um, Ryan Sandberg and your boy here, High Five Tom, actually have the same birthday, by the way. Wow. Steve yeah. Carino never sent you a birthday card. No. I, have to, I mean, I get some beef with him, so. Yeah, he's been running. I like how Kevin Kelly was like, how old are you? How long have you been doing this? <laughs> um, so, Will, I, I got a big question here for you. I'll have a big answer. What are the stakes in this match? So, Tom, there's only really one stake, and that's it. Whoever pins Adam Cole 
gets a title shot. That's it. That's the stake. Because otherwise, it's just an elimination style. So if Adam Cole doesn't get pinned, nothing really is resolved with this match. And the other three people really don't matter. Um, yeah. So... I that just I mean it's it just like I, I well we're gonna keep it positive I'm gonna go back to that so um, we did get to see Kyle O'Reilly and Cedric Alexander in the ring together um, I would love to see those two go in singles one time uh, but the aforementioned Outlaw Inc is on the outside and I think I'm did they did they sock Bobby Fish with a chair or something and I missed it so I will somehow I missed it but did did Outlaw Inc hit Bobby Fish with a chair or something. I admittedly missed it if he did, because at some point, Bobby Fish does get busted open. Okay. And I don't know if that was from a chair shot or if that was just from brawling on the outside. Yeah, he's he's nice little cut there, so... Even though the dragons aren't in the building, and they're ducking them. (laughs) But they're in the same building, and now they're all there. Same people in the crowd, same seats. Um... Um, I I just I just want there to be a, re- a way for me to blame Tony Khan for this, but I I can't. So maybe, probably could, but uh, I'll find a way. We'll we'll come back around to that. <laughs> but uh, at one point, uh, the All Star I thought it was kind of fun. They did their little four way crisscross where they're all kind of running around, uh, and then they got the four way uh, tree of wool on everybody. Um, and, I, and it was funny. I did not even think of this until it happened. Uh, but we actually got a small future shock uh, reunion for about five seconds. So it was funny to think, you know, that Cole and, and Kyle O'Reilly were on the same team and like working together, you know, with their uh, with their vicious split. So yeah, the, so and we we talked about kind of like the story and before my thing got all glitchy and whatever, we were talking about like the stakes of the match, right? More like they're up. So, the, if you pin Adam Cole, you get a title shot. And this obviously would play into descent on the all-star team, right? Because everybody's you everybody wants a shot at the title. So that's gonna be and then Carino framed it as well, there's issues on the champion team too. And it's like, you know, Adam Cole is the world champ. He's Got issues with Kyle O'Reilly. He's got, I mean, he's got issues with a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, the champ kind of on an island, but I mean, I think, well, I think, I think we'll get to it. But of course, uh, surprise, surprise, Cedric's the first one fucking eliminated. Go fucking figure. Uh, I appreciated that it was a while into the match before somebody got eliminated, but it was kind of a bummer that it was Cedric Alexander. Yeah, it was like 35 minutes in, yeah. Even Carino, being a heel commentator, was putting Cedric Alexander over a lot. Let him go. Either put him on TV trips or let him go. Um, please, that, that's I, I don't ask much. You know, you let Mustafa Ali, I'm looking forward to seeing him soon. Um, I know he'll probably be wrestling for freelance, not AEW, but um, we'll get into all that. But, um, but yeah, but he was, Cedric was eliminated by Cole. 
Uh, but at one point, Taven does kick, uh, you know, Jay Lethal and Casey through, you know, through a table. Um, and I think actually at one point, didn't Lethal break up a pin on on Elgin Hat on Cole at one point in the match? Maybe. I think that was really like the only dissension. I think. It was between the two of them. I think it's he had Cole in the, the crossface. Okay. And there was like, ooh, and it's like, well, yeah, because if. And then you had the bit where Adam Cole was trying to make sure he was the one in there to eliminate everybody else on the other team. Because Adam Cole has credits for three eliminations from the yeah. All-Star team. Yeah, all he eliminated. Well, I mean, yeah, he eliminated all three. Well, we'll just say three. Um, spoiler alert. But, uh, but I mean, what does he gain by pinning anybody, though? So that's what, well, it is what it is. Um, but, and then uh, Caprice is the next one eliminated. But like Will said, it was with that devastating Florida key. Uh, but Lethal's laying on the floor. You know, and Elgin's on his own here. Um, you know, I did love at one point, you know, with Elgin being on his own, uh, that Bobby Fish went to the All-Star team's corner uh, for a tag, but obviously there's nobody there. Um, well, Bobby Fish just being Bobby Fish. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then actually Kyle O'Reilly is eliminated by Elgin. He's the first All-Star eliminated. And at this point, Kevin Kelly says there's no way Elgin can, can uh, come back, meaning, well, obviously he knows what, you know. Uh, but Lethal does come back into the match, Will, under against Doctor's Orders. Uh, but shortly thereafter, Lethal has Taven in a sharp... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but uh, Lethal has Taven in a sharpshooter. Uh, but Adam Cole kicks him in the head and hits the neck, neck breaker for the pin. So all that drama for Lethal will come in and he's pinned like 38 seconds later. But uh, but then, you know, that, that crossface that Will was talking about earlier, uh, Elgin locks it on Taven. He, he be gone. Um, you know, Elgin gets his combinations in on Fish. Uh, but Bobby Fish, or um, obviously his, his spinning back fist, uh, buckle bomb into the spinning par bomb, and Bobby Fish uh, is pinned for the first time. First time ever in Ring of Honor, which is another thing that was brought up on commentary. That's like the champions, first of all, you know, should be the favorite in the match because they're the champions, but also get someone on the team who's never been pinned. Yeah. Um, in Ring of Honor. And, and I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it, but it was kind of funny that, I mean, he got his standing ovation like very adamantly, uh, Bobby Fish did. Um, but. Um, but now it's just Adam Cole and Michael Elgin. But then, of course, Bobby Fish, after getting that standing ovation, smacks Elgin with the chair. Um, but yeah, so now, uh, but uh, Adam Cole does hit a uh, that devastating Florida key on the outside. Uh, but and then the ref starts counting, so all of a sudden, now there's count outs in this match, even though they hadn't counted anybody out the whole match. But um, there's at one point. Uh, Steve Carino had mentioned he's this. Um, he was about to be the second commentator to have a heart attack on air this year. I was like, woof. Obviously, you remember when Jerry Lawler had his heart attack about a year from now? Um, 
Yeah, and then let's see here, and then uh, oh. well, yep, you're back. I don't, I I didn't think I left, but oh, did you uh, did you remember when Jerry Lawler had a heart attack on uh, on air? I remember when it happened. I don't think. I was watching when it happened, but I saw like the clips after and like Michael Cole being like shook. Yeah. Shook it. Yeah. So you, you hear when Steve Korean was like, oh, yeah, I'll be the second commentator to have a heart attack on air this year. So uh, I missed, I missed, I missed that little quip. Yeah. But in the end, uh, Michael Elgin hits a power bomb from the top rope. Um, didn't look. Looked sloppy and uh, looked like Cole definitely landed wrong and he kicked out. Didn't, didn't it look like he kicked out or am I just missing something? Uh, so I admittedly, towards this part of the match, was not into it, was not glued to the screen. So, I mean, a good chunk of glory by honor. Like, I watched the first three matches like, like I would normally watch it. Right. Then the rest of the show. I kind of watched with like headphones in and it was just kind of more like I was listening to it. So I didn't see the power. I know there was a hell of a power bomb and they reacted like it was like, but I didn't see the replay of stuff like that. My hands were covered in hot soaking water doing dishes, cleaning up before we leave the, before we leave home base for a week. Um, Well, it's funny because Kevin Kelly's talking about a replay that none of us saw. So I thought that was pretty. That that's that Ring of Honor TV production. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and then they're they're making and listen, Elgin and Cole lay on top of each other for a little bit, you know. So I mean, yeah, they're they're both down. I mean, you know. even even Carino saying like both these guys need medical attention. Like, I mean, they did just wrestle for seventy eight minutes, so obviously, yeah. I mean, even with the the great cardiovascularness of themselves, but yeah, um, but yeah, and then they and then that's the EMT and me as they roll Adam Cole out of the ring. Well, right, you wouldn't you wouldn't roll somebody with a neck. You, yeah. Um, but but at the end of the match, uh, Jade Briscoe comes out with a bag, hits Elgin with it, hits Cole with it. And then uh, he uh, takes that uh, item out of the bag, and um, Jay Briscoe's got the real world championship, so he's got a different belt. So I think I know where this is going here, Will. So um, overall, what did what did you think of of this match? Of the match? Of the match. I mean, other than being glad it didn't actually go for two hours. Yeah. In a vacuum, again, I know I've said it like three times during this episode of Fantastic Episode of Ring of Honor Reverie. The action in the match was good. Um, like we talked about, I'm you know, it's the optic of Cedric being the first one out again, kind of kind of frustrating, but I mean kind of a bummer, yeah. You know, you knew it was gonna be him or Caprice, regardless. Um, you know, and, and Kevin Kelly kind of giving away the ending with you know, really and really taking it home that no way Michael Elgin can win this way, blah, 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 blah. 
I thought the action was good. It, I mean, it was 78 minutes. It did bog down a little bit, but all things considered, not too bad. Um, yeah, like this, I'd say it was fine. Is it worth going back and watching? It's like, yeah, if you hadn't seen it, sure, maybe. And like I said kind of earlier, I don't remember if it was uh, when we were recording it, but it's like, it's kind of like, a, oh, they're going to do the like the Survivor Series thing where it's like, oh, there's only one guy left. He's the lone survivor. He's got to rally and come back. I just wish this, I mean, just the fact that if you pin Adam, that was the only stakes. Like, I would have put, like, if where if you're pinned by a champion, you can't go for that that title. Would have been another fun story. Right, and if, if you're the one who gets the elimination on a champion, you get a shot at whatever title. Right. Uh, right, because then there would have been a little more, because it was like it was weird when Adam Cole kind of like blind tagged himself in, and Matt Taven's like, well, "What are you doing?" And it's like, "Yeah, what what are you doing?" Like, yeah. you have nothing. You like you have nothing to gain by being in the ring right now. And we did mention, actually, Adam Cole was not in the match very much for probably a good half an hour. Smartly, because like you said, he's got nothing to gain. And, Everything to lose, um, you know. But in in a vacuum, I mean, it was. I mean, these guys are literally four. I mean, well, eight, I should say eight. Eight of the best wrestlers. I mean, obviously in Ring of Honor, uh, but going in 2013. Um, and I know it's it's supposed to be like a a showcase for Elgin, right? Like they had all the the bits where he's doing the delayed suplex. They run in, like they kick him, and like he just goes back to it. The, the chair shot from Bobby Fish, but I think Cedric and Caprice really showed out. Yeah. Especially with the dives to the outside. Yeah. When, when everybody was all huddled together, like that show was bananas. You know, it was, uh, and Caprice's move where he does, I'm pretty sure he calls it the hang time, right? Like where he kind of like flapjacks up and he, he does the leg drop. Like while they're standing, like that move, that move rules. Yeah, and only Caprice Coleman could do that. <laughs> he's he's a fucking freak, in all in all the best ways. So, um, yeah, listen, in, in a vacuum, I definitely enjoyed this. Um, you know, I just, you know, it, it's and they're obviously very, 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 very high on Michael Elgin. This is this is basically, I mean, this is basically. The Michael Elgin match really is what it is. You know, I, I think when we right, were like, well, who's the leader on the All-Stars? Like, oh, I guess it'd be this guy, Elgin. It's like, why? Yeah. So, and, you know, they didn't even play up the whole, you know, just the one time when, when Lethal stopped Elgin from pinning or, you know, breaking up the submission on Cole. That was, that was it. You know, I thought they could have done more, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just such a tired story. And it's like the hoopla hottie on the ringside, like, oh, we'll do the kiss and I'll shake my ass. Like, it's, it's a little tired. And it's like, Jay Lethal, you know, like, you've seen it. She's there every week. Yeah. Um, what did you, well, what do you think of the ending, Will? I mean, obviously, 
I was waiting to see when they entered because I knew they did like the the second title belt. Okay, so I didn't know. I I forgot about that till like oh. And it's like the the the, the oh what they fucking call it like the 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 smoking guns title like the, the Steve Austin head. Yeah. So, Alan gets on the mic. How are you going to have a shot of the world title without the world the real world champion? And it's good to see Jay back. Obviously, you know since since the injury, he's, he's been slow, and you know, you know. So I'm hoping you know we're gonna have to you know get through these these next couple TV episodes, but hopefully they start building towards final battle because final battle is only two months away. Will. Yeah, and by the time they're through these TV tapings, it'll be one month away. Shit, man. Yeah, it might be, you know, next year, but so. Um, so, yeah, high fivers, you know, uh, you know, message us. Uh, how would you feel if, if you had bought a pay-per-view, or, um, you know, and then the whole pay-per-view was on TV over three weeks? You know, maybe four. You know, obviously, both Will and I are, are pretty upset about it. It really kind of put a damper on because obviously, this, yeah, the, the Roddy London match. And it's, and it's weird, just like the way they treat it. Like, the there was a point during, like, there were several points during the, the main event, like the true main event, where he's like, all right, we're going to go to a commercial break. And I expected him to just say that and then, like, just pick up talking again. But he did give it a pause. It's like, why are you pausing? If they're just going to throw a commercial in there anyway, just 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 go. But it's probably an indication of like, oh, they're probably going to chop out a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. Yeah, or uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, how they how they talk about it, it's like, oh, this is Ring of Honor TV. But if you're enjoying this, you can get the whole event on iPay Per View. It's like, but it's just a bunch of TV episodes. And they're like, oh, if you enjoy this, you should check out the weekly TV program. It's like, what? Well, that's what this is. What do you want us to look at this as? Like, are we supposed to look at it as an event? Or are we supposed to look at it as, oh, well, we just got to watch a TV block get taped? Yeah, and just, and it, it's, cause, yeah, because Glory Bond, I mean, I'm, it's one of their three, four. You know, it, it's their, you know, in timeline-wise, it's their Royal Rumble. They should be going on the on the road to the final battle. So, uh, I mean, the thing with Jay at the end gives me some hope. You know, so I mean, I I do like the, you know, the the storyline of of the real real title. So, um, yeah. So if we can just get through the next couple episodes, but uh, yeah. So we're gonna need your questions, your dishonor, and uh, your comments and everything, and you know. Help us, uh, Will and I, get some content. So it's gonna be short episodes. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've uh, we've only had two episodes in uh, in '96 that have gone under an hour. So hopefully that streak continues. So, um, but Will, my friend, before we pull a train here into the Purple Station, uh, obviously enjoy your vacation. What uh, is you. um. Endless and enjoy it. Well, did we mention where you're going on air? Because we don't have to. But have we? Have I? Have I said I'm going to South Carolina? I'm gonna be. I'm. I'll be in South Carolina. By the time this episode comes out, 
I will be back home. Um, or I come back that day. Yeah. So, but enjoy this. So South Carolina is definitely one of my uh, states I would like to explore. Charleston's a lot of fun. I've been through there, but have a good time. But uh, is there anything else? And like I said, I put the link to that tweet. Uh, so and get get your entry in. Well, yeah. when this comes out, you got about you know maybe like twelve hours ish. Yeah. To get a to get a, a thing in, so make sure. Hopefully, you listened early. If you waited and you missed out. Maybe next time, sport back of the line. Yeah. So if the Ring of Honor rivalry one gets tweaked, it wins. Do we just get to split the fifteen hundred bucks? Yeah, we split it, or it all just goes to you. I mean, you do all the hard work around here. Yeah, I'm just. I show up, and even even then, I barely show up sometimes. I mean, well, without you, it's be me talking to myself, so that's never any fun. But, um, but we'll obviously, you know, shout out to. You know, to your better half and into the cats and everything, have a good trip and uh and, and yours and your better half and the cats as well. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm looking forward to our hockey game together and uh yeah, you guys have a good trip and uh I think we're out of here. All right, well we said we were done, but high fivers, we're not done. Do not um, adjust your dials. Um high five Tom and the bo- my man Mr. Will here. I want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Um, Will, did you want to tell your funny postcard story, or is that a post-production thing? No, so uh, you you were saying that um, I should send you a postcard. Then you're like, oh, I didn't send you a postcard. Um, but early on when Brittany and I were dating, uh, she did a study abroad to Hawaii, and she did a postcard like for every day that they were they were down there. Wow. To find out that the mailbox that she was putting the postcards in is not a, a is not a mailbox that actually gets picked up anymore. So unless if they haven't emptied it, there you you could check a a, a post office box down there, like one of like I'm assuming like the equivalent of like the blue ones that they have around where you just drop your mail in. Yeah, and there'll be a bunch of postcards addressed to me. That's really sweet. She, so she sent you a post. Well, that's well. I mean, it's a thought that kind of wants to. That's really sweet, right? Ain't that the most fucking notebook thing you ever heard? Yeah, because yeah, when Faith and I first started officially dating, and I was making up for being an asshole for two years. Um, yeah, I wrote her a letter every day because she was. I mean, I was back in Wisconsin, kind of looking at my wounds from life, and she was still in Idaho. So, yeah, I wrote her every day for God, I think a year and a half. Damn. And if you ever see my handwriting, it's really bad. Um, yeah, it's funny. I remember, I mean, not to be this guy, but I was in Peru one time, and uh, I, like, sent all these postcards from, like, a legit, like, post office. None of them showed up. But I dropped them off in some shady, seedy, like, mailbox thing, and all those showed up. It was really weird. Um, but I do have a continuation, Will. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Tom's uh, last time That's he right. did dance the- this is the true main event. Uh, um, had gone to zero, uh, but today I was out on my walk, and I was going to, uh, back to the scene of the crime, or scene of the crime, just to make sure that I didn't really make a mess or anything, and you know everything got cleaned up the way I wanted to, and it's a little messier than I'd like. But uh, Will, I'm going back to the scene of the crime, and you'll never guess what's there now that wasn't there when I shit my pants. Is, is there? Are there? Are the porta potties back? Yep. I couldn't 
fucking believe it. I was like, what? I wonder if like someone had rented out the park and had gotten one. I'm like, wow, now there's a porta potty. You weren't here a week ago when I needed you. So what about funny? It's kind of like the time I ran out of gas in front of the gas station. The only problem was it's always where it happens. Yeah. Well, the problem was that gas station wasn't built till like two years later. I remember that. Yeah. I remember, I remember when that happened. I'm like, motherfuckers. So, um, but yeah, a little, uh, postscript ring of honor reverie for everybody, but, uh, we're really signing off this time, but we'll have a great trip, my friend. And we'll see all the high fivers next week. This has been a visionaries global media production. Visionaries global media envisioning excellence on a global scale.